Um, honestly, right now, I'll be honest. Like, so for example, with me right now, March is a really, really busy month. And so I've started using Trello. Well, I've used it before, but when I get really busy, I mm-hmm. get really anal about these lists. And so I have all the different things in my life right now that have a giant list. And I just mapped it all out because if I don't, you think you have everything under control and then the days go by and the deadlines get missed. So honestly, for me, it's just kind of making something very manual that I can kind of look at every day. And as long as I know I've mapped it out at some point Mm -hmm. and then each day I'm checking something off, it's just kind of guaranteed that I'm going to get to that end. And I think you approach everything like that, not just what up what up what up thanks again for tuning in this is the activated podcast your boy evil live and direct of course we're inside activated podcast studio um i am in here with an amazing person um that i think Thanks to Instagram, I was able to kind of stumble upon what she's been doing. We're going to speak to her. We're going to talk to her about everything, uh, real estate, um, just a lot of different conversation, how to maintain um, self-care. Why not? Yeah, see where we land. You know what I mean? And this is, uh, today's not obviously Women International Day, but we are uh, in the theme of Women International Day. We are celebrating women all month long on the the platform and... um, Funny enough, ninety percent of my guests are women. <laughs> oh yeah, power to the women. For me, funny, funny enough, women. I think women are amazing. Who runs my... the world? That's Beyonce said, girls. Yeah. I don't, Silence. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Silence. See, I like to just praise you guys, but as soon as you start the same, like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but in the studio, in here with me today, she is a realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, she is. I. I. And this is coming from me. I nicknamed her the IG Real Queen. Really. Because I think her, her reels is like, oh, I need to step my game up. <laughs> when I watch her reels, I'm like, I'm not doing anything out here. Um, and she also had a series, which you posted on your Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, called Flip It With Cass. Flip With Cass, yeah. Flip With Cass. And I actually thought that it was like an HDTV actual show. Stop it. I know I did. I, I, I didn't agree. realize that it was. No, and then stop I playing. Went, I'm not. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's why I was like, yeah, I got to talk to her, HGTV. But then I went back and I was like, why did I put that in my mind? But I remember somebody commented. Oh, uh, yes. Saying, this is real HG. And then, you know, my brain took it. You know, and a couple level. people, a couple people wrote comments like that. Like they were tagging HGTV mm-hmm. Canada, like, get this girl a show. Oh, they no. were just joking around. But I mean, maybe they were kind of serious. But no, it was That's definitely. Amazing. Listen, man, we're going to speak into not existence. TV. Uh, HGTV, holla at this amazing person right here. And ladies and gentlemen, of course, we have Cassandra Thompson. That's me. What's Let up? Me what's up? What's up? What's up? You get some. You know what I mean? I like to. <laughs> <laughs> this is my secret weapon, by the way. People don't know that it's coming. Button. You know what I mean? We got bombs and everything like that. But thank you. I thank like you for it. making the time and, and coming to chop it up with me. And um, Thank you for having me. Thank you. This is my first podcast interview. Ooh, okay. You know what? We're gonna have we're gonna have bombs all throughout oh. this episode, it seems. I'm down. Um, but first, um, and this is a new thing that I'm trying to do and with people I'm speaking to and, and podcasts or even in life, mm-hmm. I like to to do a little check in, like like how you how you doing today? But not just like, oh I'm but like how you how you feeling in this exact in moment? this moment right now? Yeah. Honestly, 
I'm feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good. There's a lot of things on the horizon for me right mm-hmm. now with my in my personal life, in my business, mostly in my business. Okay. Um, I'm sure you've seen some of the stuff I'm putting out on social because you asked me, like, yeah. are you in Calgary or are yeah. you here? Yeah, 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 That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw it. I was like, oh, because I, I saw it and I was like, oh, she going to make it today? Or like I was, well, yeah. she, she did. And because I saw that you came, you came in yesterday or the day before, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and sometimes... Instagram just shows us things late. a little bit late. So yeah. you're like, what? Is she in Calgary today or whatever it was? So uh, no. it was good to see you. So I, I can only imagine like traveling is very tiring, right? Like pe- I know people love to travel, but I feel like whenever I travel, I come back even more tired. To be honest, um, no, I didn't really feel that much tired, but too tired, but I actually go on the plane tired. Like I intentionally like try not to sleep and then I try to knock out the whole time mm. um, unless I have something specific to do. So, so you're not scared of a little turbulence, nothing? You just... Actually, let me give you a joke. <laughs> you just gonna sleep this time, the whole plane ride. This time I went there a little tired and I woke up because of the turbulence. So like when the plane took off, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're awake because you can feel that like yeah. drag. And then for like the first like five minutes or so while it's trying to adjust itself to where it wants to be, get above the clouds, whatever, yeah. it was like, and I was like, mm. um, I was looking around at everybody, like nobody seems bothered. Is it just me? Yeah. Am I the only one feeling this? But my mom's like, she was on the plane too, but we were in different seats and she was okay. saying she'd been in much worse turbulence, but that's the worst I've been in. But it didn't last very long. It was like literally two minutes. Mm. But at some point I was sitting there by myself. I started laughing because I realized I'm the only one sitting there holding my seat. Like, um, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I don't mind the traveling. I think long traveling is a little harder for me, but Mm -hmm. it, the flight to Calgary is like under four hours. What's the longest travel destination you've been to? Mm, not very far, probably five hours on a oh, plane, but okay. I'm taking a trip to Zanzibar this July and I'm like, these Look flights are that. 32 hours. I'm actually going to Zanzibar. I don't know if I'm going in May or December. Oh, really? But I'm definitely going. What are you going for? Um, I mean, in December, it, it might be some 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 business related stuff. Um, um, organization. I can, I'm not allowed to actually speak about this. Well, okay. organizations that I know in Toronto is actually going there to throw a show. Okay. And I'd be part, I might be part of that. Okay. Uh, but I also want to go just by myself because I know when, like when you go places to, to work, to work it, it's, yeah. it's, it's you do nothing but work. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or Senegal. I think one of those two places I'm going to. I speak French mm-hmm. so I get to like, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. I decided I'm learning French this year. Oh, good I luck. went. To, I... <laughs> good luck. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, thanks French for the, is thanks the... Thanks for the vote of confidence. It's... it's <laughs> I should have... You know what? You you know, John. You're going to give you a ball. You're going to be all right. French is is very... It's a very difficult language to to grasp. I mean, I've been speaking it my whole life. My parents mm-hmm. literally only speak French to me, but it's still like certain aspects. It's like the verbiage, the... Yeah. I mean, I'm not starting from complete scratch. I went to French immersion for grade seven and eight. Look at you. And then the only reason I switched out was because Mm. I was like, oh, they're going to make me do like science in French. And Mm. I'm like, I'm trying to get into U of T. This is not going to work out. (laughs) So I I dropped it then. But now I'm kind of like thinking I might dance around with it a little bit. Why not? Why not? Why not? Um, Speaking of going to U of T, let's get right into like what you went there. I know we had a brief conversation about it. Uh, Mm Because I was very curious about what it even meant. It was, you went there for women's studies. Yeah, women and gender studies. I originally got in for history. mm. I switched that real quick. Um, Why? Because it was boring. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was dry. Give me me a sound effect. Dry. Okay, you're going to do this. 
Um, so um, you switch into women yeah. and gender studies. Mm-hmm. And like, explain that to me. Because I mean, is, is it just as okay, the title so, suggests it to be? Yeah, but it's not as simple as that. So women and gender studies, it's literally that, but it's really the discussion around like kind of the cultural and social constructs, like how we developed our ideas around gender, how we decided who does what and who's meant for what. Because a lot of us, we live in certain roles and understandings of things, but we don't know how society landed on this. And we take it as 100% truth and it's supposed to be this way. Um, And then when you start exploring academically where things, you know, derived from or how they came to be, it kind of opens up your mind to, well, why do we still do it like this? If that was the reason, you know, it it came to be that way. So it's really the study of, um, again, these constructs, how they came to be in history, where we're at now, and then kind of the discussion about where we're headed and how we can change some of these things and who do these constructs affect most? How do they affect men? How do they affect women? So even though it says women and gender, it's kind of like there's a strong focal point on women, 100%, and different women in our past who have... Um, played big roles and had major impact on where we stand today. Um, But it is an overall understanding of the relational um, development between women and gender and our society in general. So it's it's not like you was ahead of your time with this. (laughs) I mean, not not even ahead of your time, but it, it, it seems like that it's very crucial to the world that we live in now. And now we're trying to uh, not be defined by our genders mm-hmm. and, and trying to move those things around and, and allowing and empowering a woman. Um, and this is crazy. This is all the theme, Woman yeah. International Month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look at that. Perfect time. I didn't, Perfect I didn't plan timing. it at all, but it's like... No, we were supposed to be here a little while back, but it just kind of fell we, into we this fell month. Apart and we just fell into this. Look That's at right. that. You never fall apart. You're always falling into place. Fall into... <laughs> Listen. <laughs> You're not running the sound effects properly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> because she's catching me off guard. I'm like, oh, let me let me allow that to sit in a bit. Um, and, and it's crazy because even I think even for me, like just being talking to people that are that, that know a little bit more than me, and, and just kind of allowing my mind to expand to not mm-hmm. hold on to things that were just instilled in me just because. And, mm-hmm. and now, like, I challenge everything. And I know sometimes it is a little tough because I realize that once you start to make the shift into your mindset, it you realize how much it affects in everything that you do. So mm-hmm. at work, at home, your relationship, your friendships. It's like it, Pandora's box. Yeah, it, and it gets crazy because, I mean, at least for me, I find it, especially like with my with my men friends mm-hmm. that are a bit older and stuff like that, it's like it's such a hard concept to explain to them certain things. Uh, but I'm very, what should I say? Uh, not hopeful, but I, I think we're going to figure it out in a way. Because you mean men or society? I think men. Mm. I feel like if, if men figure it out, then, I mean, men kind of like dictate the, a lot of what's going on in society. So when we start to be open-minded and empowering our women, I think that comes back full circle. And I think for my inner circle, like they've seen a little bit of change in me mm-hmm. and in, in in the way that they look at me, it's starting to f- force changes within themselves. Right. Because men were very like simple. Like we look at like who's the alpha dominant man and we're trying mm-hmm. to like mimic how we are to that person and if mm-hmm. that person kind of opens it up be like oh you know it's not i mean i think it's we're definitely we've definitely come a long way um i think courses like women and gender studies or disciplines like that is what it, you empower women you you give them education and then they 
we're nurturers and mm-hmm. we're, you know what I mean? So they're going to spread that along around, not just to other women. They're spreading it to their sons. They're spreading it to their fathers, their siblings, whomever yeah. else, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully. I think there's a lot of men that have opened up their minds a lot more to what it is to have a woman who's not just, you know, in the background domestically, but doing her thing. And I think there's a lot of men who are actually looking for women who come in as a as a partner now, you know, in mm-hmm. a different way, yeah. in, different than what they're used to. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that whole idea of like when you start opening up your mind to certain things, you got to be ready because yeah. like, because <laughs> once you know better in some areas, it kind of forces you to you look to for better that. in other ways because yeah. then it just stops aligning. It's like, mm-hmm. how could I be so open-minded and, yeah. and forward thinking here, but still have this thought process? Yeah. It doesn't add up. So then you got to go over here and start digging this up. What does this mean? How did I come to this thought? But it's... It's, it's Aren't you amazing. loving the growth? Though? Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes it's. I look at it and go, man, I just I can't allow myself to be in this space because I I do know better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for like what I'm trying to do now is not even it's trying to have these conversations with younger people, people that are a little bit younger than me, because young people think that we got to figure it out, and we look at like thirty at twenty five, like, oh, you way old. But I always tell them like. I could look at you being mm-hmm. at 25 and understand where you might land if you don't figure it out because I was 25. And then right. you realize how quick that door closes from 25 to 30. It's like you blink and... I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know, I've I, I started to embrace... You know, I sometimes even make fun of myself. Like one time I was snapping one day randomly and I saw a gray in my beard. I almost had a panic attack. I'm like, how? It's too early. What? But then now I'm like... It is what it it's is. Coming. It's coming. It's, it's nothing I could do. There's nothing. 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 Grays in my hair. Um, nah, because I have this big sunroof in my car. Mm-hmm. I think the old car I couldn't tell because there was a little light coming. Oh, in. but now you're getting that. You're getting that light. And then I'm like, wait, wait. The lighting's is, giving you a glisten. You know what I mean? That's I got a hat on. Y'all can't Ting. see my gray. <laughs> <laughs> um, but amazing. Thank you. Th- thank you for a little bit of that insight. Do you do you believe in gender roles? In gender roles? Yeah. No. At all. No. Okay. You don't want to know something? I grew up really heavily church. So you need to know I grew up in gender roles. Mm. Um, but again, that same thing. You start exploring, expanding your mind. You start realizing some of these things can't really sit. Now, do I think that there's a specific way for genders to function? No. But I do believe that within an individual couple, they can figure out yeah. for themselves what roles they'd like to play. Because if you look at multiple different relationships, you start seeing, especially if you can determine that to some degree that they're healthy. Yeah. You can see that like individuals need to figure out, couples have to figure out what their balance is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, at this point, I think we should all be open because who's really got to figure it out, right? You're married. Uh, who shovels the driveway? You're married who shovels the driveway? Yeah, if you are married or when you get married or... The dude we hired to shovel the driveway, I'm not shoveling anything. <laughs> I mean, because you know what it comes down to? It comes down to time. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I've lived by myself for a while, so I shovel my own driveway. Mm -hmm. I snow blow my driveway. But uh, in recent... Go ahead. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) You put in that work. (laughs) Um, But this winter, I haven't shoveled anything. I hired someone to come do it. Uh Oh, you know what? That's what I like to hear. As soon as somebody... You can tell where somebody is. I mean, you can't tell, but I'm just... Pulling at it, but it's like, yo, I hired somebody to do it. I'm like, oh, okay, it's I mean, to be that. I can't hire anybody. Same yet. thing with my lawn. I just yeah. I just stopped this year, but I also want it to be done. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I could do this myself yeah. or I can, it's not that expensive really. Like, I mean, 
hire some teenager down the street. 20 bucks. Shove him a driver. That is true. What That was actually one of my first jobs when it used to be um, the turnover from, um, I was about to say winter, um, summer to fall and all the mm-hmm. leaves coming down. Uh, me and my cousin used to go around and shovel people driveways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quit one time because I made the most, like, he had a small um, front yard, per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. And then we thought it was this. So he's like, oh, 60 bucks. He's like, yeah. And we like, and 60 bucks was like the most we've ever oh, charged. Oh, but then he said to go in the backyard. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and you went this back there and you're like, like 15 I'm out. Trees. It was so bad. They came and was like giving us like lemonade just to kind of keep us going because we almost ran out of there. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, sometimes you, you made think, a mistake. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, you that agreed was, to a price before you saw what was going on. That's a fact. You'll and never make that mistake no, again. No, never again. And speaking, of, you know what? Now that you bring up the price, let's even transition because you are here because we want to also learn. Mm-hmm. You are a real estate guru. Oh, stop! I mean, we're gonna speak things into existence. Hey, and I, I like I, it, I, and I believe into. I mean, I've seen what you're, what you're doing. I'm like, you know what? She's a real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, speaking about prices and such, right now mm-hmm. in Toronto, um, if you don't know, you, you just Google it. We are living in the most priciest of like it, it just doesn't it, it almost makes no sense it's wild as to how we're paying 1.2 million dollars for a townhouse and uh, um you being that you're the forefront of this um mm-hmm. and i want to partially blame you because you're the one getting the big offers for people to pay Whoa. more for houses. <laughs> <laughs> blame the foreign I mean, investors yeah um how how was what is your assessment of the current market right now Honestly, it's 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 hard to look at it and not be nervous. Let's be real. Like, I mean, I think, okay, let's let's go with what every realtor says. You know, the market's not gonna crash, the market's not gonna crash. I mean, let's be real, it hasn't. And there's a good chance it may not. I don't I don't really? force I don't really foresee that because then you think to yourself, how do markets like New York get where they get? You know what I mean? Like mm. I think I was saying to some girlfriends the other day that maybe we underestimated what it meant for Toronto to get on the map the way it is. You know, like True. we we wanted, you know, we the North, we wanted Toronto to be on the map. Now it is. And people are respecting our city. Mm-hmm. And I think what comes with the respect of our city is an affluence. Money. And that affluence, you know, transcends into what our market looks like in real estate. Uh, our foreigners to be blamed for it because I, I mean i keep hearing this being thrown mm-hmm. around but then i look up stats and they'll be like they're only like five percent or yeah 10%. yeah yeah i was just joking but um honestly i think there's a little bit of everything i think the biggest yeah. issue we're having right now um more than anything is just the lack of housing we're having a supply and demand issue really? right so anytime something seems exclusive it's going to be more expensive it's hard there we don't have enough property here for the amount of people we have here and and we're not like the states where there's multiple states, multiple states that are just as high functioning as the other. Mm. So at any given point, you can move into another state that's a little more affordable for you, whatever. And um, and it's an easy transition, yeah. mostly. You know, you know, you can find maybe the culture is a little different, the energy is a little different, the demographics different, but yeah. it's an established, full functioning state. In Canada, I think one of the issues we're having is that we all kind of congregate in like three or four provinces, mostly. Yeah. Right. So we're dealing with British Columbia. We got Ontario, Quebec, and then everyone else kind of a little scattered across. You know what I mean? And Ontario 
being the hub, never mind actually zooming in on the GTA where most of our population is, we've just run out of space. We've run out of, we've not so much space, we've run out of housing. Um, and so I think that that's what's greatly affecting our affordability right now. Is the fact that there's actually not enough supply. Yeah, right now, like if you are working with an agent um, as a buyer, you're going up, like, for example, that reel I made the other day, mm -hmm. all jokes aside, there was more than 20 offers on this one two-bedroom townhouse. It's not brand new. It's in Hamilton off Cannon Street. You know, it's um, wow. it's it's maybe what? I think maybe 1,000, 1,100 square feet renovated, but renovated. It's not new. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in, like, some older Hamilton homes. They do the renovations, but, like, Sometimes those stairs are so <laughs> steep, they got no railing. Like, you yeah, yeah, it, you know yeah. what I mean? I've so it's not. I've driven past them. I haven't really been in Hamilton mm. too much, but. So you've got like a lack of space. Like in this uh, house alone, there was no room for a bathroom upstairs. So the bathroom was literally like through the kitchen. There was a full bathroom down there. Nice, but through the kitchen. Your laundry room, I mean, this is pretty common. Sorry, common in the UK. Mm hmm having your laundry in your kitchen, which is fine. But it was literally beside the fridge in a closet, which is cool, but there wasn't enough room to really even, like you're sneaking in between. So it wasn't the most convenient, but it was nice and the most kind of affordable thing, you know? So before people didn't even want to go to Hamilton. Now it's like yeah. automatically you're going to Hamilton. Me and my friend were joking the other day and he's like, do you remember when people were saying, okay, as long as when the... The, you know, the prices were going up like maybe a year ago. It was like, as long as it's within an hour. Now he's like, Mandem are telling me between two hours, as long as it's within two hours. And it's like, okay, at That's that nice. point, you know, maybe we should think about expanding our minds outside of here a little bit. So you think beyond two hours, not it won't be worth being close enough? I think it depends on what your goals are. So I'm never going to draw very black and white lines in terms of what you should and should not do in real estate. Mm -hmm. But I think that people need to figure out what their goals are, what they're looking for, what they're planning to do, and make your decisions based on that. Yeah. If you're looking for a family home and you, you want to live in it with your family, I'm thinking to myself, two hours out, you're commuting back into the city, um, you're in the boonies, let's be real. There's probably things around there, but it's not like you have this huge mall next door. You're not just skipping over to Walmart. Like it's a complete adjustment of how you live, you know, embracing that location. Yeah. Um, so if that's your, if that's what you're doing, I don't know if, I don't know that. I think getting into real estate period is you need to do it. If you if you decided you're completely okay with that, by all means. I'm not going to say don't do it. I'm just saying, is there another option that could be a little bit easier for you? If you're picking up an investment, it doesn't matter where you pick it up, right? You just need to, you just need to make, make sure money. that there's someone that can that's going to want to live there. Um, so an investment's different, but a lot of people aren't looking to just pick up an investment. They're looking for somewhere to live. Uh, and I don't know how feasible it is anymore to think that you're going to live two hours away and try to commute back and forth. It's kind of wild. My, my, I have friends that moved to Kitchener or my sister even lives there. Uh, I can't do That's it. That's not that far though. Uh, I, can't, I can't. I just I, said two hours away and you said Kitchener. Kitchener is now where like these are places that uh, people still sometimes can't even afford now. Like I said, this is automatic. Now, now if you're um, in that bracket of people I discussed, you know, you're making, you know, in and around a hundred grand, you have decent credit and you have like 30 to 60 grand saved. That's where you're looking. You're, you're looking mm -hmm. in 
Kitchener and Guelph, you're looking in Cambridge, you're looking in Hamilton, you're looking in Niagara. Niagara is sometimes not even affordable. Mississauga, you're done. Toronto, you're done. You're done. How much money do you need at this in this present moment? It's not so much how much money; it's the percentage. So, you're gonna want depending. in terms of your down payment, you want somewhere between 5 and 20%. It seems like a huge jump, but it really comes down to what you qualify for because I could qualify for 5% down if I'm a first-time home buyer and my date my my debt ratio, sorry, my debt ratios in comparison to my income yeah. balance out enough for the bank to say with what you have left on this uh, mortgage, on this loan, we will allow you to only put 5% down. But that's what it comes down to. They're going to be determining what they feel you can handle monthly and then adjusting what you need to put down based on um, your your specific circumstances, yeah. right? Um, but if we just look at the cost of things, like when you pass a sign now, townhomes starting in the 700s. You know what I'm saying? That these are the numbers we're seeing, right? So if that's the case, then... Right off the bat, I can tell you, one hundred and twenty thousand income is is giving you the range of five hundred thousand. So, what's the plan? Because the townhouse is seven hundred thousand starting. So you got you got have two hundred thousand. So this is why people are ending up outside of the GTA mm-hmm. because they need to find things that are a little more affordable. But if we're now se- selling two bedroom townhouses in Hamilton for six hundred and twenty five thousand in Hamilton. You know what I mean? Like that is a really strong indicator of where our market's at. It, the, it, I don't even know what to say next. I'm that's like, that's what it, that's what it should sound like. We're all like, like what is going? <sighs> now we we talk a little bit about you know being a strong enough. We don't think the crash is coming. Mm. Um, I'm almost like, how could it not? Like, how could... Well, think about 2017, right? Back in 2017, we had another really crazy hot seller's market like Mm -hmm. this. Inventory was down. And we were joking, shacks are selling for a million dollars. I remember um, getting my first listing that year. And I listed at... I can't even remember. I think just under a mil and I sold it for a mil 25 or something like that. And this was a big oh, deal. Oh, <laughs> I know that was my biggest commission <laughs> check to date at that point. <laughs> Let's say, man. Uh, wow. Okay. Right. And, but think about that back yeah. in 2017, I sold a detached four bedroom modern home. Like, so it was, they had torn down a home that was there and rebuilt and this one. It was up. a modern you know, that stucco feel, all of that. Square and all that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For a mil 25 in Royal York. What are we talking about? That's not even a thing anymore. But back then, it was a really big deal that these prices, like the, the, the homes were selling at this, and it was such a a, a huge jump in price, mm. right? Um, did the market come down? I think we fell maybe like 20% some of the houses. But after that, we just kind of stabilized. Yeah. So it makes you wonder like, okay, our prices are up, but are we going to just kind of, do I think it can just keep escalating like this? Yeah. No, not at this pace. Absolutely not. There's actually been a huge surge in the last three months. Will we see maybe a slight dip? Probably. You know what I mean? If the government can do what it needs to do to some, you know, whatever it f- they figure out to do to kind of regulate this a little bit. Um, but do I think we're going to crash? I don't know if we're due for a crash because in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong, I think we're all speculating a little bit as to what we think could happen. What I think is 
how could we crash if there's people buying these? You know, it's not like we've flipped now to where things are sitting on the market. Yeah. So if you, if we get to a point where things go on the market and they're sitting, yeah. um, then we can expect that maybe, you know, this it, we're going to come down in price because now it's a buyer's market. But right now we're still sitting real hot in a seller's market. Those houses are going up. They're selling in less than a week. They're getting multiple offers. And I don't know who these people are, but they are going in. And it's become the new norm that um, a townhouse could be seven hundred thousand or eight hundred thousand dollars. Like it's, it's that's just where we at. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what what if somebody first time homeowner? Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, a first time um, buyer wants to get into this market in this moment. Uh, let's say let's even take an average person. Uh, and I don't know if this average salary. Let's say I make seventy five thousand a mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. I've got about fifty thousand dollars saved. Mm-hmm. Come to you, mm-hmm. um, Cassandra. I want to buy a house. I want to mm-hmm. buy something. I want to buy a closet. <laughs> something. <laughs> you know what sucks? You go to New York and they actually have apartments the size of a room. So I could say, "Oh, this is what you got. I can sell you this room." But I don't know if we really have that here. I haven't come across one yet. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think at this point, I have a client like that now. And I told her directly, I said, have you ever considered buying outside of the province? Her first Mm. answer was, I'm social, my friends, my family, my life's here. 100%. Like, I perfectly, fully understand that. It's not like it's it's just a transition you just make and decide you're leaving. Right? But I think that people need to explore the option. Mm. There are some options. Maybe you just can't buy right now. Maybe you need to invest, yeah. um, build that up a little bit. I think millennials have to come up with a slightly long, longer term plan yeah. um, or make a big shift. And the people who have made some of these shifts in the last year or two, they're seeing the benefits of it, right? Um, especially if you have a job that... I, before you say no, I think millennials need to consider what that looks like. Our parents moved whole countries. They moved Mm -hmm. continents. Can we move a province to, you know, establish something for ourselves and our families moving forward financially? I think that's something we really, really need to consider consider. because there is a really um, large portion of us that are never going to have an asset like this, Uh, not in real estate, because if we don't decide that we want it enough to make some kind of some sacrifices, um, some major sacrifice. And then you ask yourself, what kind of sacrifice is it? Because I'm not going to lie to you. I just came back from Calgary. Mm. Um, As you know, I got my license out there and I'm starting to really push the idea of, even if you don't want to move the idea of investing out here, because even investing here can be difficult, right? Like even condos are really expensive now. Um, So I was thinking about, uh, me and my mom being out there and we were looking for an apartment for me and she, we ended up um, somewhere in the suburbs and we were at Walmart and we were walking through there, whatever. And she goes, I don't know if this is the right area for you. And I'm like, why? And she goes, it feels like home. I thought you wanted something different. And I thought about that and I was like, it's so true. I was looking around that plaza, the way the whole strip was set up. There was all these residential homes on one side. And then over here was this, three intersections worth of what looked like, say, Winston Churchill and Argentia Road. Mm -hmm. Like, it's Walmart. It's the grocery stores. It's, um, you know, Mark's Work Warehouse. It's 
the restaurants, the distillery, the LC, well, not an LCBO, but the liquor store and everything you can think of, you know, any homeware stores, all of that were there. And I'm like, everything that we need is here. Like what you have at home is right here to the point where I'm like, oh, I think I need to be downtown because this is a little bit too, like it feels too much like home. And I, I thought to myself, I'm like, dang, how do I get my clients to realize that it's not as different as they think? Like we're I making- mean, to, to Get on the flight and go out there and see. Well, that's what's going to have to happen. Or yeah. I can start sharing some of it, which is my goal is to start sharing some of what Calgary is like because I yeah. think we have an idea of what it'd be like, but- or Edmonton or wherever you want to end up. And it's not as I think we think it's the boonies, but I'm telling you right now, yeah. these people who are moving out of the GTA two hours, two and a half hours away, you are 100% living in way more boonies than some of these people departing Ontario yeah. to Alberta. I think for me, it'll just be, I mean, looking at it, I think it, it depends on the heavily on, on what you do for work. If yeah. you're mostly doing a lot of tech stuff online and you don't need to be there. Uh, and the second thing that gives me a little bit of anxiety is it's part of like the, the relationship that you build, you're grown now. So it's a little bit, I feel mm -hmm. it's a little bit difficult to make new friends. Not that it's impossible, but mm -hmm. it's just like, you're just so used to being in, in your own little bubble. You're like, man, I gotta go start that again. But is that bubble worth, you know, not building a financial future that you're that you want and you and, deserve and like is million, it worth it that's the million dollar question and i think what we don't realize is that okay for example one of the property managers that was there he says to me he's from toronto originally and i'm like oh how'd you end up here he's like well a few of my friends moved down here and honestly ended up here by peer pressure and i think about it and i'm like that's what happens you just kind of need every time i think of a family or someone who moves uh out of province and so far like to alberta yeah like two more people or two more families follow. Follow. They just need to know that someone's there. You're going to be fine. Oh, it's not so bad. Oh, it looks kind of good. Let me try. And when you think about, like I wrote in my post, when you think about the fact that you could take 625000 that you'd spend on a two-bedroom townhouse in Hamilton and you could buy yourself a detached property with a backyard that's also appreciating somewhere else, I don't know. I, yeah. I I think to myself, like, even if it's not forever, like, even if it's short term, just yeah. to kind of get your feet flat, get in the market, get some appreciation growing, um, use some of that equity. You can move back home if you decide you even want to. Yeah. You know, like. You might get too used to that and, and then and then probably never come. Well, not come back, but once your life is kind of set, I think it's hard to kind of move around and things. Yeah, I mean. With a backyard, that sounds like. Here's that. a quote. You're not a tree. <laughs> Listen, that's I'm, not mine. I'm, that's not mine. I'm, I'm putting that out for the people. You're not a tree. So you know you what I'm move. saying? You can move and we should. To be honest, I think Canadians have a very stationary mindset versus a lot of other places. Mm. Um, definitely third world countries, you know, they take the leap for their benefit all the, it's yeah. part of culture to do it. Then you've got, um, the states where, again, I know their states are a little more established, but maybe we could get there if some of us decides to take the pioneer route and start establishing some of yeah. these provinces. If more of us are out there and it starts to get more settled and more common, yeah. Alberta is the fourth or Calgary is like the fourth largest place to live in Canada. So it's yeah. not that far off. What's first? Is it is it BC? Is it? Uh, no, I think it's here. It's on. Yeah, that would make most sense. I'm don't quote me. Yeah. But I think that would make most sense. And then Montreal, I know Montreal's number three for sure, but mm -hmm. 
Even Montreal, how's the market? Have you have any? I haven't really explored Montreal's now? market. I do know there was quite a few people like a couple of years ago that were you know spreading their wings out to Quebec. Yeah. Quebec can be hard. I mean, culturally, it's very very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be the biggest adjustment. I think for anyone moving out there, would be getting used to it culturally. And if you don't speak French, you're kind of really in a tough spot. But um, no, I don't really know much about that market over there. Um, and now we were speaking about obviously purchasing outside of where you live and and, mm-hmm. and potentially getting into an investment property. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want you to kind of give me an insight on it. You you also do have a mm-hmm. multi residential resident. multifamily. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, it, it it brings joy to my heart to see my people doing amazing things out there. Like it's like damn. You are a whole boss. Shout out to you, man. Thank you. Um, landlord, uh, boss lady. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about, first of all, what made you want to get into that space? What was the thought process behind it? Um, do you regret it? Is it good or bad? I mean, we might break mm-hmm. that down to a couple of things. Mm-hmm. But first off, what made you want to invest in a multi-residential property? And, and is it in the you know, GTA? It's in Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, so I, I would say this: to, to go to Hamilton. Now you trying to get us to go to Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get you. The market's pushing you into Hamilton. Um, it's simple. Sh- show me your friends. I'll tell you who you are. Right? Like mm. I just have the right people around me. I have some colleagues that got into multi res. I started, you know, seeing them do it, and I was like, I think I can do this too. I had some good guidance. Um, I think what it comes down to, ultimately, why I did it, it's it's how can millennials have to open their minds up to like, how can we make money? Because our salaries don't cut it anymore. No, it's not a thing, right? Like it's a, it's a complete joke. So I remember listening to something and she was talking about our salaries being our seed capital. Really? Like that's how you should see it. Your salary is not something that you should actually truly. And when I say should guys, we're talking context of if you, you know, you have goals of wanting to expand your money um, in any form, right? Um, what I'd say is your capital is your, sorry, your salary is your seed capital. So that's the only money you have to play with to do things, right? Mm-hmm. So we really shouldn't be thinking about living on it. So what's next? How do I get lump sums of money in my hand? This market requires me to have lump sums of money. Uh, right. Financial freedom requires me to get lump sums of money. How can I make money faster, um, and quicker. Well, it's the same thing. How can I make money faster and how can I make more of it in a, in a quicker period of time? Yep. So with a multi-res, it just, it hits so many markers, right? Like you pick up this property, um, you put some money in, you renovate it, you refinance it. It's now worth so much more. Yep. You pay out your investors or pay out yourself. You hold on to that property. You keep renting it. It cash flows and you have a, a chunk of money now. Yes, you have a, a larger mortgage, but your rents should be covering that plus some, mm-hmm. right? And you have a chunk of money now that you've made from this that you can now take and do something else with. And before you know it, you've used that same money just one time to do multiple things, right? So I think um, the the biggest thing with that is being able to leverage what you have to make it more. And I think that's what, we all need to figure out how to do, right? And multi-res is not the only way to do it, yeah. obviously, but it is one of the fastest, um, most lucrative ways of doing it, but it does come with a little more hassle, right? <laughs> um, so uh, I'd encourage people to figure out, again, this comes back to the same thing yeah. that I said before. 
what are your goals? What does your lifestyle look like? And I think that you then determine what kind of investments you can make based on, you know, your bandwidth. And what you can handle. Um, now, the, obviously, you, you said a lot of good things as mm -hmm. to what. Um, I always like to give people both sides of the coin in the mm -hmm. sense of like, okay, you know, yeah, like you're going to get equity, you can build it up, you can mm -hmm. make money. Mm -hmm. But You want the downside? You want the <laughs> downside because I think that sometimes we get into it um, only looking at the up and mm -hmm. then the down or the, the hurdles becomes a lot. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. people might get into buying a house and it's a good thing and then they realize that $2,500 a month in mortgage Yo, it's it's real, like it's a thing. Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the the, the downside. I think it's just. Uh, I think it really just comes down to planning. Yeah. Really, right? So, vetting the property, but in terms of downsides, okay, automatic. Um, it's work to take a property that's old, run down, because that's what you need. You need something that's under market value. Yeah. Um, maybe in this market, not so much. Uh, but typically, you want something that's a little bit under market value. So it gives you enough leeway to do what you need, pay back what you need to, and make money. Yeah. The downside with that is when you pick up an old house, you know, you start knocking on things and things start falling apart, right? <laughs> don't know what's in um, the wall. So you don't quite know. So a great inspection is is important, and I think over time you start to get a handle of it. You make a few mistakes one time, and then you're like, you know what to look for the next time. Oh, yeah. now I know to look for, you know this, that, and the other thing that, you know, cost me money, or now I know what things I'm willing to put money into, but if I find out the house has this issue, that's not something I want to deal with. Yeah. Um, so the downside would be, number one, just, I don't even want to call it a downside. I think anything that's challenging in life and anything that can bring great reward takes work. And it takes dedication. I, I like how you still on a positivity. But it's side. true because how can you call it. how can you call something a downside? If I if if you do a multi res flip and we're just using arbitrary numbers here, and you manage to walk away with hundred grand, mm -hmm. this is after you've paid everything out, right? Yeah. You walk away with hundred grand and you're still holding on to a property that's cash flowing and appreciating, like it's making you money on repeat. Yeah. Like anything you went through to get from that point to this point. I don't even know if you can call it a downside. It's kind of like educating yourself or going to the gym. What's the downside? It's hard work. It's, you yeah. know, it's tiring, pushing myself mentally. But it seems like a big word to use the downside. I think the challenges would be just actually handling it, learning to figure out what kind, you know, the contractors you use. Um, one of the things I came across doing this for the first time is, and since we're in women genders, you know, yeah, the, the yeah, women... Yeah. So international month, I'd say um, as a woman, just finding that sweet spot between um, when dealing with men in these arenas where they are trying to figure out if I'm if you're a real deal or not. Yes. No. And handling me either like a damsel in distress or <laughs> like I or like I'm too aggressive mm -hmm. as a woman. Um, there is a few different times when I feel like, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know who you're talking to. And I'm like, but if he talked to you like this, you'd be good. Right. And, and it's not personal, but I, it's I think things can get picked up as disrespect. But that's a whole nother conversation. Mm. What, I, what, what did you say to, to trigger that? I'm curious now. Oh, I said a few things. Let me think. You want me to just pick one? Um, you know, like if we're talking about money and how we're getting paid out or yeah. how you're getting paid out. And I say to you, well, that's not how I do this. I typically do it like this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're like, well, you know, this is how I want to do it. And I'm saying, you know, in this industry, that's not, you know, commonly how it goes. But yeah. okay, fine. Let's, let's accommodate, right? We make some adjustments and maybe you're unhappy with, 
I don't, I don't even know if, okay. I had a great example of someone who wanted to be paid a certain amount in advance and none of my other contractors were asking for this type of payment plan and it didn't really work well for me. So, uh, but he's not used to working on projects this big. He's used to working on projects that, you know, like are a little smaller and with people who are like, Oh, you know, I'll give you an advance, even though you're not buying materials. What am I advancing you for? If you're Mm. not buying materials. Right. Um, so when I say something like, well, that's not really how this works. And you take that as me being disrespectful. It's not. It's just that's not how it works, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back to the original question. What was the original question? Um, the downside of being downside in, in of the, multi-res and uh, the multi-res. Okay, so there's obviously just the house itself and what comes with that, and it is very time-consuming. Like you are, you got to babysit the site. You know, if you're if you have a contractor that's buying your materials, that makes life way easier. When I did mine, I tried to save costs by grabbing my materials myself. I wouldn't do that again. I mean, I think it's a really uh, affordable way to go about it, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really hectic. Yeah. I learned a lot about material, but I don't think I'd do that again. Um, a- another downside is then if you're deciding to hold the property, it's the tenants. Right. And I don't want to say it's a downside, but the challenge there is making sure that you are vetting them properly so that you save yourself trouble later. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the beautiful thing that offsets that downside, though, is when you have a multi res, you have more to lean on. So single family, if someone doesn't sorry, if somebody doesn't pay their rent, then, you know, you're you're, you're, you're holding the bag until they're caught up. You're trying to get them out of there when you're in a multi res and you have three or four units you're hoping that the way you set this up is that two, two and a half units are covering the cost of the property. Mm -hmm. So if one of your tenants defaults, you should be fine. And that you should be fine long enough to do whatever you need to do to To get get them them out of there in the next six to eight months or however long it takes, right? So that eliminates so much of the stress. So I could say one of the downsides is having rough tenants, but if you do the right work leading up to that, even if you have a really faulty tenant, um, you you should land pretty okay. Yeah, you're really selling this to me. I'm like, I need to get into multi-res. You do. You do. Because then think about it. Think about if you took it even a step further, you decided to get really on the grind. Like my boy, Jonathan, he picked up a multi-res in St. Thomas right now that he's turning over. And he's occupying one of the units. Like you're just, you know, like you're already here. This is your project. You're paying this rent anyway. You might as well live here if you can suck it up for a little bit. It's such a great way to go about it. And I I just think that millennials, honestly... I don't want to say we had it harder than anybody else, but we have some really tough challenges ahead of us in order to make moves that benefit us. And I think with that being said, it forces us to actually get um, a little bit more aggressive and more risky with how we go about things. Because if you stay stagnant, you're going to, you're not just going to stand still. You're going to get left behind. Yeah. What's the scariest phone call you got from a tenant? Uh, Scariest phone call. Uh, one of my tenants called me one time and said that all all of the water from their unit was actually leaking into my utility room downstairs. And I didn't know how big that problem was going to be. Um, so there was that. I mean, it, when we got there, it was pretty messy, but I got it figured out really quickly. I had some good help to um, hire someone in to take care of that. Mm-hmm. I also got a call one time that said that one of my upstairs units a pipe leaked and it kind of like destroyed the floors in the unit below it. Not the floors, the ceiling. Mm. Again, quick fix within two or three days, it was taken care of. You just don't know sometimes until you get there, like how big it is. Dramatic as well. They can be like the the whole roof is leaking. You get there, like bro. Yeah, 
Well, but actually, my contract, one of my contractors called me with the leak upstairs, and I was like, <laughs> but that was okay. But yeah, I think those are the those are the scary calls. It's it's something went wrong in the house, yeah. And until you see it, and until you get that quote, you're like, how much money is this going to? Spend? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you like hold your breath until you get the quote? I mean, at this point, you probably have relationship. You probably work with some guys over and over again, so it's not as scary. I mean, I'm assuming- yeah. I mean, if you start, if you establish relationships with contractors that you trust, um, then hopefully, when they're calling you, they know a not to scare you, or they, you know, they're bracing you, and hopefully, they're knowledgeable enough that I can say, okay, when you look, because this is my first question, mm-hmm. I jump straight to the solution. I got that call about the ceiling, and I'm like, how much is it going to cost? Like right away. I'm yeah. like, and when can it be done? When can we have it fixed? When, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to just jump straight there because it doesn't make sense to, you know, toggle back and forth with anything in between. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have people, you, I think that's the biggest thing is developing relationships with contractors over time that you trust. Um, and that can be tough. I think referrals is going to be the best way to go about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yes, that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about a tapping into a equity and, and things like that, because mm-hmm. I know that we're talking about, you know, buying properties and some of these things might be a little bit pricey. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you, uh, some people might have some property now and they're not very um, aware or don't know how to take advantage of equity. Mm-hmm. What is equity? When should you tap into it? And I think that's also a very important key point to understand when you tap into how much is your mortgage is going to go through and stuff like that. So I want yeah. you to kind of want you to help us walk through that. So um, I'll be honest, I'm not like I'm not like the most numbers person, but I can break down the framework of it. Okay. If you have a property, especially if you have a property here in the GTA, you're yeah. probably sitting pretty pretty. Like pretty pretty. Um I would yeah, thank you. <laughs> I actually had a client uh call me last week and she bought a property last year mm-hmm. and she just wanted usually in a typical market, I wouldn't even say it's not even worth looking at what you've made in a year. In this market, it is. She's already made like 80K on her house, right? Um, so in terms of when to tap, tap in, so basically equity, long story short, is the money that's been put in your house. So you you purchased a property, say, for 500000 and now the property's worth 800000 That difference is your equity. That's money you can tap into. That's money you've made. Right. Mm. So you can go to the bank and figure out with them based on what you qualify for, how much of that money they're willing to pull back out to give you. Yep. And then they'll add that to your mortgage. And it's all going to come down to whether or not they think you can carry the greater mortgage yep. on the property. Right. If you can, some people are kind of like, I think that makes them nervous. They're like, I'm going to have a higher mortgage. Right. But the whole point of this is to A, have made that money. B, now you can take some of it and you can reinvest it in something else. Once you reinvest it in something else, the goal here is that that other thing is making money too. So even though you now have a larger mortgage on this property, your money's still working faster because you're now not only using money that you didn't actually physically labor to make, right? Mm -hmm. But it's going to grow faster in another asset. So what you what you look for is that over time, and depends on how the market's moving, whether it's a short period of time or a long period of time, whatever yeah. game you're playing, um, that that money is going to actually grow faster than it could have sitting in this house, which completely offsets the larger mortgage mm. on property A, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what I'd suggest is if you've been sitting in a property and you have one, I mean, a lot of people, let's be real, like you can't 
in this market pick up and just buy another house? I mean, you can, but it's it's kind of a lateral move, right? Um, so if you can look into taking some equity out of your house, some of the appreciation you have in your home, yep. and moving that somewhere else to something that can either cash flow or at least just appreciate, yep. right? then I think that's the game plan for anybody who's here already has an asset and doesn't want to leave and thinks they can stay stationary in their home for now, yep. then that, that, that's what you got to do. But you still reach the point of figuring out whether or not you can qualify. But, you know, maybe if you, you know, toggle a few different things with your mortgage specialist, a mortgage specialist can give you ideas of how to maneuver the deal accordingly to qualify for what you need. But, yep. and they'll let you know what your qualifying power is. But I think that would be the play. Equity talk. Uh, I think you and I need to have some um, off podcast talk after this. I'm, I'm getting okay. a lot of ideas. My yeah. eyes are lit. I don't know how much you can see my eyes because it's my bucket hat. But um, yeah, I, th I think that, and like a lot of the things you were saying, it's like here's what we've been given is mm -hmm. the state of real estate, and I feel like it's crazy everywhere else. Toronto might be a little out of control, but it's like everywhere else, prices are picking up. Mm -hmm. You no longer have the um, the virtue of, or even the ability to save up because your cost is so high, gas is crazy, all these things. Uh, I tell people all the time, like you, it, it'll be hard to put away ten grand a year. It's even on a so high hard, salary. so hard. And I don't think, again, in my opinion, I don't feel like if you need to save money, I don't know. Outside of getting to that first like thirty to fifty k, like. I don't know that that should be the plan. Saving money, yeah, it's too slow. It's, it's, it, yeah. it's too slow, and with where things are at for us, again, our our salaries up. aren't aren't. Yeah. No, you'll never catch up. Yeah. No, you'll no. never catch up. No. So you got to figure out how to open your mind to different possibilities. Mm -hmm. Am I going to take money out of my house and invest? Am I going to move? Am I going to invest in a project that someone else is doing? Like, how am I going to multiply this these this money faster? so that I can have a chunk of something so that I can eventually work my way towards a personal home. Mm. Very nice. Um, we're going to segue a little bit out of, of the real estate thing and, mm -hmm. and get into, uh, this is a new segment that I'm putting on the podcast. It's called the activated moment of the week. Meaning okay. like, what is a book that you're enjoying or some a, a TV show that you watch or a movie? Um, your activated moment for this week. Um, activated moment. Could have been like, you know, to, you know, you taking, what did you call it today? The self-care day? <laughs> My self-maintenance. To self-maintenance. Nails, brows. I'm going to be honest with you. I just started on it. You know what I'm saying? Now I, I get a, I get a pedicure uh, every six weeks. Oh, look at this you. This is the first time in my life. Hit, hit a sound effect. I mean, come on. I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got, I got one appointment next week that I'm going to and yeah, it's, it's like. I've never thought about it. And, and shout out to woman, man. Woman will put you um, on these game. Eggs. Yeah. There just, you go. just keep it simple as that. Woman <laughs> just put you on game and it's like, man, amazing. So it, it, would that be it for you or, or is it something um, okay. that you watch? You know what I, what I just recently tapped into? And God, for anyone who's already figured this out, mm -hmm. I'm late to the game, right? But um, I just really discovered like affirmation music. So- there oh. are artists out here okay. who like literally make music that's just affirming. 
And I don't know, like I'm in this season right now where I'm being really careful of my audio. Like I, not that I won't go back to things, but just this season, I have a lot of goals and things I'm focused on Mm. and trying to keep a clear head. And you're doing all these things, trying to progress forward while you also have life happening in the background. Cause you know, life's forever happening. You know what I mean? The stuff's going on. Clock out. There you go. (laughs) The stuff's going on and stuff that could weigh you down and trying to keep that energy level up so that you can tackle this thing. Because, I mean, we can all say, you know, millennials need to do this. Millennials need to do that. People need to whatever. But it takes work. If you have a job, you've got kids, you've got extracurricular stuff they're doing, and then you also want to get your – there's going to be a season in your life that is really hectic, Hmm. right? Um, But – I so for me right now, one of my biggest self-care hacks is yeah. my audio. I have completely um, consumed myself in positive audio. So whether it's music, um, podcasts, whatever it is I'm listening to, just YouTube videos, resources on Instagram, whatever the case is, yeah. it's all positive. aligned with you can like you can do this, you're moving forward, whatever that is, like there's I found this whole genre of music and it's like pulling up all these new artists. And I'm like, where's this been my whole life? Like I get up in the morning, I turn on some Tony Jones. She just starts talking all her stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a powerful woman. I'm doing this. I'm going to go renovate this property. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's one of my best self-care hacks I'd say for right now. It's one of the things I dove so deep into and I find it's helping me a lot. And I know at the earlier part of the podcast, I was actually how you were doing mm-hmm. and being intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how important do you think self-care and just being aware of mm-hmm. where you are is important in today's world, especially at the, like, everything moves fast now. Like, it's funny enough, for me now, even when I travel, the destination I go to, it needs to feel remote. It can't feel like I'm going to L.A. can't Why? be like, I, 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 I can't handle it anymore. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to, uh, for example, like I go to, I've been to Paris a few times. I go there often enough. Now when I go there, I always like to go to the south of it where it's a lot more, mm-hmm. you could get up and, and do things like that. So even places that I will, I look to travel to now, mm-hmm. it has to, to a certain extent, obviously you can't always have it in that way, but to a certain extent it has to offer me a level of quietness. Looking some solitude. Be, yeah. Um... Okay, well, I appreciate the solitude, 100%. I don't know if I necessarily feel like I got to go somewhere that provides that. Mm. Um, But I have learned to put into practice finding that solitude for myself wherever I am now. Mm -hmm. And it's made a huge difference for me. Like, I know, you know, there's a lot of talk about self-care. Let's be specific in context for our conversation now. Like, we're not talking, I mean, we started with, you know, that I did my nails and my brows and whatever. And that's all great. But Mm. that's like, that's like icing on the self-care cake, right? True. Um, I think self-care really comes down to the way we treat ourselves and that the way we treat ourselves comes down to the way we talk to ourselves. It comes down to um, the people that we involve ourselves with. It comes down to the environments we put ourselves in. It comes down to the goals we set, the ambitions that we have, um, our belief in ourselves. I think that's huge. Um, actually believing in yourself. Yeah. Um, so how do you foster that? I think um, learning, me learning to stay present has yeah. been a huge game changer. Like I've not been that person. I'm the person who's always thinking ahead. Mm. I'm planning it and I'm planning the plan. 
And then (laughs) (laughs) because I'm also looking back in the past, like, remember that. So let's plan this out. But Mm -hmm. then when you're, when you're back here and you're, you know, looking forward, you're never present right here. I think being present. Yeah. I think being present. That that spoke to me in in a real way. And I think that it's, unfortunately, I think it's a world that we live in, but I think that, like you said, it's about. And maybe that that gave me a little bit of perspective. It is not where you're going. It's it's where, like how you create it. it. Could be here. It could be anywhere else. But it's just allowing yourself to some quiet time and some quiet space to to really think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me. And even like for example, like we've been working from home for the last couple of years, two years actually. Um, and then this week I went to the office three times and mm-hmm. like and like loving it, like going mm-hmm. to the office. And then the gym is actually open after it's been closed for a couple of years. And mm-hmm. I haven't been. Um, the lack of exercising for the past two years has really affected me mentally. I didn't even realize it was a thing because I've always. But what do you think's happening when you exercise? I it's, don't know. You're getting that solitude with self. Oh, that's what it. Okay. Yeah, like I, I think so. I mean, I'm not any guru no, no, I mean, in this arena, <laughs> in this arena, but like you, you definitely put the word to probably what I was feeling. You're, you're right. Yeah, it, like so when you're traveling and you're trying to go somewhere that provides you solitude, I absolutely think that's beautiful too. But I think you can probably achieve it in busier places, you just have to get yourself in that mindset. So the way, when we talk about how I take care of myself now, I'm not gonna lie, like my morning routines are pivotal to how my days go and how strong I am and my ability to get myself out of different um, mindsets that aren't productive for me. So I start my mornings the same as much as I can now, like in terms of I get up, my very first thing is be grateful for something. Right. Like gratefulness is like the biggest, um, I'd say, weapon against a a bad mindset or a poor mindset or a scarcity mindset. Like just actually considering what you do have, because when you say it, even if you feel like crap, like if you sit there and you're like, you know what, I'm grateful that I even have this bed right now. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the fact that I got a job to go to. And like, not just like cliche saying, I'm grateful for food. You know, when you pray and you're like, thank you, God, for food. Thank you for like yeah. really feeling like I'm, I'm, even if it's one thing, you know, today I'm just grateful that I'm here or whatever it is for mm-hmm. you. If you give it real energy, like you really sit there and think of something you're actually grateful for, you start realizing that like, you're okay. You're good. You're okay. And there's no destination. There's no actual journey that's written out that it needs to go like this or that. I think that's what messes us up the most is feeling like there is one. Yeah. And even though we hear all the time that there's not, we still feel like there is. Oftentimes we feel like we're not where we need to be or where we want to be. But just stop for a second and say, this is my life. This is how my show's going. Yep. And I'm the co-creator of this thing. So if there's anything I don't like or anything that I want to be different, then I'm going to change it. And that's where the belief in yourself comes in. And I think that's the true essence of Mm self-care is being able to talk to yourself kindly and compassionately and be like, okay, maybe I'm not where he or she's at, but who said I needed to be? Like my life doesn't need to look like any particular thing. And, and, And if we take it even further, that's when you can start maybe that mindset might start shifting people into a place of really not feeling like a tree. Cause now it's like, oh, I get to do this thing however I want. So, okay, if I didn't hold myself like in this locked position, what would I do with my life? 
what would I do for myself if I actually embrace myself as a co-creator? Maybe I would move. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Like Cassandra is trying to get us to move. No, I mean, even no, if you don't, just opening you, you your mind. The, the, the market. Yeah, opening your minds in general, right? Yeah. Like I just, I, we started off this podcast with me saying, <laughs> I think I'm going to learn French this year. Facts. Where'd that come from? Just because I can if I want to. And I also get to decide that I'm going to stop if I want to. Yes. Um, so uh, I'd say one of the biggest hack for me right now is just kind of embracing the fact that I'm alone in this world. Like not, I'm not talking about friends and family, no matter how many people you have around you, the partner, kids, whatever, like this is you, your life, your choices, your moves. Be grateful. Yeah. Stay right here right now. What's happened's already happened and what's coming. You don't know. You don't know. So What's the point of living in that circle of torment? Just be right here, be right now, and I think all of us would be a little bit happier. Well, I mean, I mean. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank the you. The thing is, you. she it, it it don't like it just takes me a second to just kind of like let that sink in, and I'm a little bit slow on the board, but thank, but thank cool. you. Honestly, that, that that was well put together, and I think that, like I said, we we we're trying to strive to to get to that place, and hopefully. Uh, by learning from each other and things like that. I know mm-hmm. my morning routine sucks because my sleeping habit also sucks. Mm, sleep's a really important one. Um, now, I do Establishing sleep, a good habit. I, I, I do kind of hack it in a way. And I think that for many things that I need to get done, unfortunately, like my job takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So everything else is like either you do it or you don't. But because you want to be great in the space or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you do sometimes have to sacrifice. I try not to go overboard because I think it's important to find a balance, obviously. Yeah. But I think sometimes I just, it's it's not a choice that I can make in those moments. But I think everything else start to fall back together with COVID opening up. We'll be able to get back in a routine, and I, like I was saying earlier, like even like consistently going back to the gym is is definitely going to help create that balance for me because I I didn't realize how much I missed it mm-hmm. and how much not being able to get there will affect me. I think that because it was part of your routine, and routines are really important. Um, I think I, I have this thought recently in the last few months. I kind of decided like I'm out of the rat race. Like I'm not. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm I'm literally killing the mentality of that mm. rat race energy in my that's head. That's because you're a boss. No, that's because <laughs> I got I was burnt out. Yeah. And if you feel if you get that burnt out energy, like there's lots of people. Like I mean, you have to. You can give thanks for all the success you may have had, right? But and maybe you don't regret it. But just kind of approaching life differently moving forward, it's like how do I, how do I achieve what I want? but still make sure life's about living. Yeah. You know, that's a fact. And, and living is all of it. Living is going after my financial dreams and my career goals, goals. Living is, you know, keeping my health in order. Living is figuring out my emotional intelligence. Living is therapy. Living is hanging out with my friends and my family and, you know, the, all of the things it's all of the things. Right. Um, so, I think that, I don't know, I mean, I don't know what your sleeping pattern is or what, you know, your your work requires, but I think finding the ex- the acceptance of giving your, no, I would say this, giving yourself permission to navigate your life in a way that is truly actually satisfying to you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you, 
if what you're doing requires a lot of you, by all means. But what if you also would like a little more sleep? You know, like, what if I'd like a little more sleep? What if I'd like, you know, like a routine in my sleep? Then you should do that. And and you should figure and say to yourself, you know what? I don't know if you, you know, believe in God or the universe or whatever the case may be. But (laughs) understanding that, like, there is an energy here. And I believe that if I put the right energy out, the right energy is coming back to me. So Mm -hmm. my intentions, I think, is what matters a lot in the things that I do. Intention matched with the actions that I take. So you know what? I'm I'm saying to myself, no matter what, maybe I can't carve out a time, but there's not going to be a night that I don't get four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm getting, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. even think that's enough sleep, but yeah. I'm going to get, this is the At season I'm that, in. Yeah. I'm going to get four hours of sleep and I'm not compromising that for any reason because now I realize that there's a pattern that takes place. If I get my four hours of sleep and I'm up by... X amount of time, then my morning routine goes really well. And once my morning routine goes well, that means I got to the gym, I meditated, I took some time out to whatever. Now my head's on straight. So now these next eight hours are getting the best of me and this pattern works. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I'm not doing 12 hours, but in eight hours, I'm doing what I did in 12 hours because I'm, you know, my energy's up, my, you know, my my routines are down. So, I mean, that's just an a very simple way of looking at it. But sometimes we, by doing things that way, we cut other things out. Things get messed up. Like the gym got messed up, not what caused COVID, but like, you know, let's just say for some people, maybe their sleep patterns and the way they do work does mess up that. But that gym time actually really helped them perform better. So just making sure that you have, you look at your life and know what you need to be your best self and tell yourself one way or another, I'm going to incorporate these things. And if something has to take a little bit less so that this can be carved in, maybe it works out best for me that way. Very nice. Dope. Dope. Last but not least, um, before we, 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 obviously you let people know how they can reach you and stuff like that. There's Mm -hmm. another segment that was added. This is all new guys. Okay. (laughs) Brand new. We're trying to give y'all new things. Um, And it's, and I think uh, interacting with people to actually listen and support the podcast. uh, Cause a lot of time I get questions through my DMS, but I was like, Oh, let me, answer it on the podcast and let mm-hmm. me uh we have an expert coming in today she's oh, a boy. real estate guru so i'm like yo if you got some real estate questions you keep manifesting that for me I'm- i mean i i want to see it i really i really want to see it because you know it's, it's certain people that you see how they move and you i mean energy is a thing that you could feel even if it's through social media whatever it is and you realize that that person winning helps mm. the ecosystem yeah so, I like that and, word. And, and i think for me it's like allow myself to to push to champion to do my part because mm-hmm. sometimes we champion the wrong people and then it mm-hmm. ruins the whole ecosystem now i think you know you know if i ever need a place to live in hamilton i could be like hey you know i know a big time landlord who do you call <laughs> who do i hit up um so we got actually we got a question um this is real estate we might have gone through it in some ways but um we'll entertain it for a bit the mm-hmm. question was what is the best route to take when starting in real estate? Are they referring to, I'm assuming they're talking about investing in real estate? Yeah. Okay. Well, again, it's not cut, it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. I'd say, let's just say you um, want to get into real estate. You want to pick up a property. Again, remember I said, looking at your lifestyle. You look at your bandwidth. I've got a full plate. I'm a mom or I'm a parent. I got this. I got that. I have my side job. I... I don't really have time or, you know, the financial capability per se to be maintaining 
house. Yeah. But you want to invest. Then I would say that's when, you know, picking up a condominium is amazing because the only thing you have to maintain is literally within that unit and you freshen it up every time a tenant leaves. If you get a tenant who's there a year or two years, I mean, that's the next time you're touching in there, you know, outside of maybe something that needs to be fixed, right? Yeah. So that's a really great kind of, I wouldn't say passive, but a way to invest in a way that's not really taking up your time, but something's happening in the background for you. Now, when you pick up condominiums, a lot of times you're not cash flowing right away. It takes a few years for that turnover to happen. You might actually be pouring in a little bit of money, but again, if for your circumstance that makes sense, I'm gonna you know add three to five hundred dollars into this every month. But over time, it's appreciating. It's eventually gonna balance me out. I'm gonna be making money, and I don't need to like babysit the property. Yeah. Right. Great opportunity if you have a little bit more time. Um, maybe you want to pick up a property that um, needs a little bit of fixing like that middle ground, maybe it just needs a little bit of cosmetic changes. You have the ability to do that. You have the capital to do it. Go for it. Um, get yourself a, a a property that maybe you can rent out the top and the basement or something. And so, yes, now you have some exterior to do, but maybe you hire someone that takes care of snow removal or it takes care of like, you know, lawn maintenance yeah. and whatever else um, over time. And then um, if you really got some time, um, then you do something like, you know, what I did. You pick up something that needs a lot more work um, and turn it over, whether that be a multi-res or not. Um, multi-res is going to take more time in the long run also just because you have the tenants to maintain. But, I mean, if you vet them well, you shouldn't really be dealing with your tenants that often. Like, I had four tenants and one of them called me all the time. The other three, then there was one tenant, it's almost like I forgot he lived there. Like I never hear from him. He pays his rent three days, four days early all the time. I just never hear from him. Um, and then my other two hit oh, me up if they need something, right? So it just really depends. Like uh, it, I, I would say how to get started. If you're talking about what type of property to go into, that's what I decide. I'd look at my lifestyle and I'd look at what I have the bandwidth to actually manage and then look at my goals and think about, you know, what route I want to go in terms of that. If you don't even really have much money um, or you're not even at the place yet where you can buy, uh, there's myself, there's other people. Sometimes you can invest in someone's project, you know, like I don't want to use my own money to turn these properties over turn these properties over. I'm going to use someone else's money to do it. So I win, you win. You know, you don't have enough to buy or you don't have the credit or the salary to qualify, yeah, but, you but you've got money. 40, 50,000 or a hundred grand that you got, came across or whatever the case is, or you took some money out of your home. Yeah. Then yeah, you find someone you trust, you find an investor you trust, you sign the paperwork accordingly, get all the information you need sit down, let them take the few months to do whatever and they pay you out. Like, you know, like I felt like Santa Claus when I was paying back my investors, mm. literally, because I know that I made them money in a time frame that they could have never made that kind of money with, a, you know, a bank or something else. Yeah. Right. Um, and also in, in a lot of cases, they don't have the ability, the time or the expertise to do what I did to make that money. So if you can, you know, in, just let your money Leverage sit that, somewhere yeah. else. Let it sit with me instead of sitting in the bank and I'll hit you up in a few months and here you Man, go. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying that for real. We need to, we, we need to have a conversation besides yeah. that. But uh, I want to say, honestly, thank you. I appreciate you coming up today and, and enlighten us. Um, and, thank and you. This thank great you. expertise and all the tips and tricks. I mean, it's almost like we need to have a part two because it's a whole list of other things that, 
that I need to ask you about investing abroad and Ooh. and and things of that nature. I know we're thinking Calgary, but we're thinking worldwide. Um, recently, I got an opportunity to go to France and look at some properties there and and everything like that. So I, I will. Definitely- you want to know something? I may not know much about that, and we can talk about it. But I think if anybody, this is my last tip of advice. Mm-hmm. Just don't close your borders. Like if right. if you go to France and you have an opportunity, it's this. It just move the mechanisms from one thing to the next thing. So, so you have right. tips here. It's the same tips that apply elsewhere. You yeah. just need to figure out how their market works. Ask the right questions. Um, do a little exploration. Maybe you got to tweak a couple of things in yeah, the over. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. overall framework of how same. to make money stays the same. In real estate, it is the same. Yeah, facts. Um, if somebody want to hit you up and 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 hire you for the service or want to follow you, please let us know how. Yeah, uh, give us all your social media. So things. you can hit me up on Instagram at I'm Cass Real Estate, letter I, letter M, Cass Real Estate. Um, that's probably the best way to go about it. Send me a DM. Um, you can hit contact on there. I think it'll let you email me or text me. Um, but yeah, just give me a follow on there. DM me. I'm really good at answering. She is. That's how we made this happen. Yeah. Appreciate you very much. Thank you very much. Um, And for everybody else, thanks again for tuning in. This is The Activated Podcast, your boy Ibu, and you've officially been activated. Peace.